This episode is sponsored by SaveTheChildren.org. Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, they work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn, and protection from harm. Right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health crisis of our lifetime, threatening children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers, out of school, and exposed to violence and exploitation. Child poverty is rising. With your support, this organization can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. Even $5 can buy a baby's first book, providing comfort and inspiring lifelong love of learning. Go to savethechildren.org slash savekids to learn more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And this is a podcast where we help you position, build, and promote your brands. Really glad you're here. In fact, you chose a good episode to listen to. Oh, this one is full of knowledge. Knowledge. Probably one of our best, like, teachable, learnable moments that we've ever had on the podcast. This is one of those episodes, one of those guests that I've been concocting in my brain after having had many conversations with this extremely knowledgeable, talented individual. What I love about today's guest is that he walks the walk. And you know what I mean? So many people like give advice. Oh yeah, here are the things you could do, but they're not actually doing it themselves. Whereas this guest is the first one that comes to mind is someone who gives incredible advice, but he himself is creating on a consistent basis on YouTube, but also, you know, giving people advice. He does trainings. He does all kinds of amazing things that teach people the latest strategies to succeed on this challenging platform. For sure. I learned so much. He's just such a pro. I told you, I was like, get ready for this because we're going to learn a lot. It's going to be a longer episode because we're not going to want to stop talking to him, which is what happened. Yep. So for anyone who is interested in YouTube, whether it's for their own clients, for your own purposes, or just because you're curious, oh my goodness, buckle up because Leron knows his stuff. Even since this conversation, I've already started implementing some of the specific recommendations he gave to me. And by the way, they're performing really great. So this is really, you want to listen up, take out a notebook, pad and paper, whatever it takes, make notes. If YouTube is one of your priority platforms, you've selected the right episode. Let's get right to it, shall we? Here's our conversation with Liron. I've wanted to have this conversation for probably a year. It was well over a year that I met our special guest today. His name is Leron, and I describe him casually as the smartest person I know when it comes to YouTube. Leron, welcome to Brand Therapy. Hey, thank you for having me. So excited to do this. It's been a while, and oh, this is going to be awesome. 
I just love conversations with you. When you send me DMs or you and I chat, I mean, I've I've tried to see you in real life as many times as possible, but sometimes it's not possible because you're busy, I'm busy. But we have this amazing way of just staying on each other's radar, staying up to date on what's going on in your world, building brands. You're working with vidIQ, which is a really cool tool for YouTubers. You're doing it all. We're busy, but we still manage to like, communicate. And I love that. Got to love technology, right? I mean, you're on more planes than pilots are, but um, hey, (laughs) (laughs) you know, this is why we have tech and this is why we get to do what we do. And that's awesome. I love it. So let's tell people a little bit about you. So you're a YouTuber. You have a channel all about technology. Liron, also, you've had so much growth recently. Can you talk about that? Yes, it is weird. It's exciting. Lots of stuff's going on. So I'll give you kind of the five-second PowerPoint version. Essentially, that's what I do. As Phil said, um, I work with a lot of creators, a lot of YouTubers around the world. Some of the biggest names that you probably watch but don't realize is deep strategy that goes kind of behind the scenes. And I'm glad to be a part of that. VidIQ, we offer amazing tools for people to use to grow their channels. And then I do it on my own channels because you know what? There's lots of theory out there, but I believe that you have to kind of walk the walk and actually learn from experience, from doing. And that's what I really kind of, I love what I do because I do it for myself. Liron, you walk the talk. Now you're answering this politely, but tell me specifically how many followers you've grown in the last six months. I'm pressing you on this question. Tell me, tell me, tell me subscribers. So subscribers, we're up to like 82,000 as of recording this podcast. Just to put it in perspective, Probably a year and a bit ago, I was at 5,000. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the whole thing about YouTube, and this is what I love about it, is that it's this wild west still. It's these algorithms, it's these stuff, bunches and lots. There's lots of things going on. And it's never too late. It's never too saturated. And you just never, ever give up because your next video could be the one that blasts you. In my case, it was a video that was four months old. I completely forgot about this video. I simply move on to the next one. And it got YouTube love and everything kind of snowballed from there. So I'm sure we'll get into all the details of how we do it. But that's just a little bit of thing. Right off the bat, as we get going, if you're currently on YouTube and you're thinking, ah, man, the stuff's not working, do not give up. You never know what's going to be the next video that just makes it pop. Why is it important for people to consider YouTube as one of their primary social media platforms instead of Instagram. Because right now everyone is so into Instagram. I'm guessing feel like YouTube is oversaturated. So why should they consider YouTube? A couple of reasons. So a lot of the other social media platforms, which we love, by the way, so I'm not knocking any of them. We love TikToks. I think Phil just did his first TikTok upload. He was like shaking everything that he's got going on, which was awesome. But then we have Instagram, which is little short little clips and, you know, video clips and Instagram stories. Instagram lives are amazing. We have LinkedIn, which is another platform. We've got lots of platforms. Why I keep going back to YouTube and I keep on saying to people, this is where you need to be because of the deep catalog. So you could upload stuff today and it will be there forever until you remove it. So it's deep catalog. It's always being updated. There's always searches going on remembering that YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And what's happening is Google obviously owns YouTube. Everything's starting to converge together. So I don't know if you saw recently, well, recently-ish, 
when you do a search on Google, video clips start to come up now, right? So it's all about that. You don't see Instagram clips coming up. You don't see Facebook clips coming up, but you see YouTube clips coming up. People are forever going to be doing searches and are forever going to be looking for that golden bits of information. And if you can set up your channel for success, when people do that search and they land on your page, that's when beautiful things start to happen. And again, with TikTok, people want short bursts of information. One, two, three, swipe up, swipe up, swipe up. Same thing with Instagram. You're not going to watch 20 minutes of in, on an Instagram, right? People just want little nuggets of information, which is great. But YouTube, you can go really deep. You can do five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. And people, if you have that audience, you've got that engaging personality, you've got that storytelling ability, people will love you, stick with it. And that's how you grow. And by the way, monetize. Monetize in a big way. So yeah, YouTube for me, still king. You mentioned set up your profile for success. What does that mean? Walk us through if someone's starting from day one, what are those like must-haves to set up their profile successfully? Before you do anything, what's your focus? Why are you on YouTube? What has got you ridiculously excited every single morning that you cannot wait to pick up the camera and make videos about this again and again and again? People fail at this point. Those who go into YouTube to thinking, oh, I'm going to get views. I'm going to get subscribers. I'm going to make money. I'm going to retire. This is awesome. I'm an influencer. Those people do not make it because it's just too hard. You burn out. But if you're passionate about something and you just want to share it with the world, you will win if you carry on doing that. So number one, channel focus. What is your channel about? Who are you going to serve? We all refer to the avatar. Who's your avatar? Yeah, does he or she have a name? Where do they live? What do they shop? What do they do? All that basic business stuff, people tend to forget that it applies to YouTube. YouTube is a business. So I would say before the profile, it's what are you going to do on YouTube? Now that you have that all sussed, it's about the branding. Does your channel art convey instantly two things, the what and the why? What is this channel about? Why should I subscribe? Here is why that's important. Somebody watches a video and they do a search. Your video comes up. They go, oh, this looks cool. Click. Then they like the video and they go, I wonder what this creator does. Click on the channel name. They go straight to your channel and they make a split-second decision, consciously or subconsciously, where they see a banner and they go, oh, wow, I love this. Let me watch more. Or let me scroll down and see some more videos. Or, uh, hmm, look, I'm out of here. So if you've got this lame channel banner, you're already lost before you start. So setting up for success means think of the overall impression. What's the branding that you want to convey? What's the, the warm and fuzzy you want to convey immediately as somebody lands on your channel? That is so, so critical. And remember, nobody's ever got up in the morning and say, ooh, I wonder what my toothpaste company is up to, right? People don't connect with a brand logo. They connect with a person on YouTube. So be that person. Put you in the channel banner. Put you in the avatar. Make sure that your profile is all built around you. But the channel's not about you. The channel's about the viewer. Only the viewer matters, not what you want to do. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. I am so happy and delighted to have this conversation today because many of the conversations that you and I have had have been hypothetical. So I remember our first one. Our first question was, should I be on YouTube? And actually at that time, I didn't really have the resources to be able to be consistent. And you actually said, no, put your energy into LinkedIn and try to get LinkedIn live, which I eventually got. 
And when I got to the point where I thought, actually, I could produce at least one video a week, and we're doing one video now a week, and we're about to switch to two videos a week, just for this search value that you've described, I am less focused on how many people watch my videos right now and more excited about talking about things that I like to talk about, enjoy the process of making the videos, and learn from what's working. So from all those moments of hypothetical discussion, in the last few days, Liron, the timing of this is impeccable, we've had our first video start to get views in the thousands. And the video is, I don't remember, I don't have it in front of me, but the video is called... I have it. You do? Oh, it's about Instagram. Well, you you say it, Lauren, if you've got it in front of you. It's called... Instagram stories, Instagram story questions, ideas, Bill Allen. So ideas for Instagram (laughs) story questions, very specific, but it was actually a question that one of our clients asked me about. Nicola Lauren uh, from Diamond Physiotherapy asked me about questions, and I thought, well, that would make a good YouTube video. So it was the third video I ever made. Liron, this video has been live for like almost four months, and now it's starting to get views in the thousands. Ah, So that sounds familiar. Sounds familiar, Exactly. but but I'm going to pick up on two points, if you don't mind, from, from that. Firstly, it's don't put yourself under pressure to produce more content. It's quality over quantity. I'd rather that you do, and the audience does, one beautiful video a week versus five rubbish videos in a week. YouTube favors quality way over quantity. Okay, Remember, YouTube has changed a lot. It used to be Produce, produce, produce. You want keywords, keywords, keywords. No longer the case. YouTube is all about saying, hey, you as the viewer, what do you want to watch? Let me go find you the best view. Let me go serve for you the best content. If that content is rubbish, YouTube is not going to serve that. So don't put yourself under pressure to do more videos. Rather stick to one video a week. And that video is a beautifully produced, killer audio, killer sound, killer visual, um, lots of value. That is amazing. So number one, quality over quantity. And number two, you said the golden words. Somebody asked you a question, you gave an answer. Isn't that what we do all the time? People are constantly searching for how, what, where, when, why, who. And you're able to answer that question. Therefore, you're immediately playing into that beautiful, rich search engine thinking of answering somebody's question. And we all do that in our daily businesses, in our daily lives. People are constantly coming to us asking questions Imagine you took those and instead of just writing them on a blog, you actually created a video saying, hey, here are five tips of how to do your Instagram better. We started speaking about Zoom earlier. Now that in this climate that we are in, people are working from home, people don't know how to use Zoom or you know how to use Zoom in a very basic way. And I kept on getting questions saying, hey, how do I do this? How do I do this on Zoom? How do I do that on Zoom? Perfect. I just produced a video saying, here are your video, here are your tips for Zoom. I'm answering people's questions. And what you're doing is beautiful, golden, and just focus on the quality, delivering beautiful value. So my question is is to do with the quality. So I'm in a place right now where I'm proud of what I'm creating and I've developed a format that works for me back in the day. And this is literally back in the day, almost 10 years ago when I had first moved to LA. 
there was a website called eHow, and eHow taught you how to do things. And when they launched video content, I became a creator for their tech and marketing channels. Wow. And so things like how to tag a friend on Facebook and how to do things. Some of them were really simple, but basically eHow would decide the titles, and I got to choose from a bank of titles which ones I thought I could create. And what I do with that video was totally up to me. So back in the day, I had, I would write a little script, Lauren would check it over, or sometimes write them for me, and I have a prompter. So I do all my videos <laughs> in one take, but I do read them, but I am trained as a host, so I know how to make it not look like I'm reading, but that's my process and that's what works. But Leron, the videos that I create are different than the videos that I consume. I'm a big fan of Matt Devella and Peter McKinnon and all of these like the future, all of the beautiful cinematic content, but I don't have the resources to create those. Even though I consume them, I also don't really know. I haven't studied film, so I don't know how to make those. What do you think about the position that I'm in as an expert answering questions? Should I keep doing what I'm doing and not worry about making the videos that I'm making more beautiful? What are your thoughts? Okay, I'm going to do a typical host thing. I'm going to ask the question back at you. If you have a question and you did a quick search on YouTube, and somebody gave you the answer, and maybe they are sitting in their shorts and t-shirts on the beach, or maybe they're wearing a suit and tie, or maybe they are, have got bad lighting, or maybe they've got shaky camera work, but they're giving you the answer. Do you care? Probably not. I always appreciate a good aesthetic given what I do. I think you do a little bit. a little bit. bit, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> all right. So this is what's holding you back. See, because every time I work with, artists and uh, um, you know people who do branding specifically they know the deep elements behind it and that sometimes is a bad thing here is what i mean by that if your toilet is clogged and there's water running over and nobody's happy and you're doing a quick search on your phone how do i unblock my toilet you don't care for anything right. you just want a solution okay so the filter i always tell the artists of the world the perfection is going to stop you from doing it so the one thing I wouldn't compromise on is audio because it's going to be way too frustrating. You know, I could sit here and shake my camera, switch my lights off. But if I'm going to do, you know, if I step away from the mic and you can't hear me, then it's just too frustrating. Everything else I'm okay with, but audio, audio, audio. So to answer your question in a long-winded way, it's never stop producing. Do the formula that works for you. Do the formula that works for your audience. And don't overthink it. Perfection basically means you're never going to press record. You're never going to upload because you can always do yeah. things better. Always. If yeah. you look at the top creators, Peter McKinnon, including, go look at his first videos. Go look at Casey Neistat's first video. They all start out in a certain way. But remember, YouTube is a skill like every other skill. The more you do, the better you get. None of us were born knowing how to do mathematics or reading and writing. But we've learned. We learned how to ride a bike. Well, most of us learned how to ride a bike. We've learned how to do all these um, swimming. We've learned all these skills over the years. And the more we do, the better we get. Same thing with YouTube. But don't let perfection hold you back because that means you'll never record. You'll never upload. I have a quality question too, but it's different. You'd mentioned that YouTube cares about delivering quality videos to users from a data standpoint, how does YouTube interpret a quality video? YouTube looks for these things called signals. So here's what happens. You upload a video. 
make no mistake, if you don't tell YouTube anything, YouTube still knows what your video is about. It's got AI systems, it looks at your thumbnails, it looks at your frames within your video, it also automatically captions your voice, so it has a fairly good data to know what the topic is. Now, of course, we wanna help it by doing amazing thumbnails, amazing titles, amazing descriptions, and tags. But it's got no idea whether it's a quality or not quality. It looks for signals. As soon as you upload it and you make it public, how quickly do people watch? And do they share? Do they add comments? Do they like or dislike the video? And the most important thing is retention. How long are people staying on your video? If people are staying on your video for 5%, it basically tells YouTube, look, you didn't capture them. So your show formula is wrong. You didn't hook them enough because you can have amazing content, but nobody's watching it because in your first bit, you didn't grab their attention. A lot of new people to YouTube start to really go off topic. Hey, listen, I know your toilets is blogged at the moment. Let me show you about my dog and I, what I had for breakfast. It's like, ah, give me the answer already, right? So that's a mistake. But if they started the video saying, hey, today I'm going to show you five tips to very quickly unblock your toilet. Let's get into it. Oh, now you're hooked. Now you want to stay on. So retention is critical. If you can get your retention to 50%, that means that people are loving your content. They're watching most of it. And then you can maybe start experimenting by making longer videos. But the quality is all about the retention. Are you keeping the people engaged? Are they um, watching more? Are they rewinding and watching the part again and again and again? All of those little tips, those kind of signals tell YouTube about the quality of your video. So for someone who's starting out, would you recommend that they film shorter videos so there's a greater chance of retaining people for longer? Completely. <laughs> always look at, again, always take it back to yourself. What would you rather see on YouTube? A video that's an hour long, but it's just terrible. And then within the first minute, you're out of there. Or would you rather watch a five-minute video that's amazing and you want to watch the next one and the next one? So your time and retention are the critical bit. So the formula I always like to use is to say, okay, put a five-minute video on. What percentage are you getting? But that's not good enough. Go back into your analytics and then divide your analytics of your video into three parts. The first bit is your introduction. The first 60 seconds. Are you retaining people in that first 60 seconds? If they're dropping off like flies, Something's wrong with your intro. Maybe you don't have a good enough hook. Maybe you got this amazing animation. Maybe you got your logos flying in and out with this background sound, which looks beautiful, but people don't care. Okay, so your first bit, how long are you retaining people for? Then the meat of your video, the middle section. Are people kind of staying put or are they dropping off like flies again? If they're dropping off, you're not delivering. And then the ending. People make the mistake of going, <sighs> Okay, guys, thanks for hanging out on my channel. Hope it was fun for you. Immediately, I know the video's done. So I move on. Don't do that. Keep people retained to the end. Really kind of engage with them. And so I like to spring on my ending to say, oh, and if you like this video, check out these videos over here, which is going to give you more information on this topic. And I'll see you in those videos. Because remember, for you as the creator, the journey has ended. You've stopped recording. But someone watching YouTube, they're on a journey. Send them with you. Hey, guys, I'll see you in those videos. And then send them over to your next video. That is when YouTube gives you lots of love because people are loving your content, watching till the end and watching your next one. So as far as how long a video should be, it should be long enough that you can retain 50%. Make four-minute videos, 50% retention, beautiful. People are watching. Make a five-minute video. Is it still 50%? Great. 
seven minute video. Still 50%? Oh no, it's dropped down to 20. Great. Your sweet spot is between five and six minutes. Cool. Very cool. So useful. Okay. Descansa. Spanish for let's just take a little breather, a little break, because all this chat about YouTube, I mean, don't you feel like, oh my God, there's so much to learn and do? It's overwhelming. It is. But exciting. It's exciting. And more ideas to come from Leron. I want to let people know in this little mid-roll moment that I have been on YouTube posting weekly since January. If you're listening to this episode, we haven't connected over on YouTube. Can we do that? It's youtube.com slash philpallen. And specifically in this episode, Leron says, don't say bye at the end of your YouTube video. Actually invite them to watch the next video. And in my latest round of videos, I do that. So rather than saying, thanks for watching, see you next time. I mean, that's a bold assumption, right? That someone's gonna leave your channel and watch something else. I say, and while we're on the topic of content, you know, check out my next video, which is three free apps for content creation. That was so smart. And now I've actually started implementing that. Leron, you genius. My video this week, which is our little takeaway, if you want to actually go and learn something, sometimes we have blogs, the compliment episodes. This week, I'm sending you over to my YouTube channel. My video this week, which I just published two days ago, is three free apps for good content. This video is getting some traction. And I think what I talk about in this would be useful for everyone as it relates to your content, social media, creating. But also, after you listen to this episode with Leron, you'll actually go and see in this video that I've implemented a number of the things that he tells you to do. So if you need an example, go check it out and I'd love to connect with you over there. Awesome. Shall we get back to it? Let's get right back to it. Here's our continuing conversation with Leron. I have another question. Sorry, Phil. Go. <laughs> this is my I'm first. I'm sure you're also going to log into my account and also look at the analytics because without question, we have, we have not looked at my analytics yet. I've been so focused on creating, but Lauren is always the analytical piece of that. Now she's like very excited to dive into that sandbox. Laser focused. I'm going to look at the first 60 seconds and let you know about your hook, Phil. <laughs> and I'm while I'm rewriting my outro because I say see you next time, but actually I should be saying see you in these related videos. hundred percent. Absolutely. Little things like that make a huge, huge, huge difference. So you brought up making money on YouTube. Obviously, we know that should not be the driving focus for anyone starting a YouTube channel. But I want to know what does making money on YouTube look like? Like, how does someone make money? Is it only from advertising? Like, what is that world? So making money of YouTube is a couple of myths that we've got to bust immediately, which is the first is that you need to have 100,000 subscribers or a million subscribers to make money. That is very not correct. <laughs> I made my first brand deal with less than 1,000 subscribers with a brand called Samsung. Some people Whoa. know that. Okay. Really? <laughs> right. So you don't, you don't need to have numbers. You have to have value. What's your return on investment? So what do brands look for in a content creator? They're looking for return, just like every other business is looking for a return. So I could show a return. I could show an engaged audience. I could show an audience that listens to what I have to say. I could show an audience that clicks on the links and therefore the brand says, oh, we want some of that audience, right? So what does it look like making money on YouTube? You can do it from AdSense, 
which means YouTube pays you because those little ads um, fly out at the bottom. But that's a minor piece. I mean, it's a good piece, but it's a minor piece. You can do brand deals. And those could be in terms of, hey, this video is brought to you by this brand. Go check out their website. They've got these cool offers happening right now. Little promo, right? And you can have brand placement where someone will pay you to put their product within your video. And as long as you're disclosing everything, then you're perfectly fine doing that. You can have affiliate links. So if I'm talking about a specific phone, a specific product or a gadget or a, a how-to, I could have a link in my description that says, hey, if you click on this link, not only will you get 20% off, but I'm in the affiliate, I will also get some money because you went to that channel and basically subscribed or you went to their um, shop and bought something. And something like everybody knows that Amazon has a great affiliate link. Now, I bought these products on Amazon, link is in the description. But what people don't realize is places like Best Buy, Walmart, they have their own affiliates. You don't have to send everything to Amazon. You can actually give people options and people like to have options. But whenever somebody clicks on that link within a certain day period, you will get sales. You will get commission of anything that they buy. And the beautiful thing about this, let's talk Amazon because that's what people know the best. When somebody goes to Amazon, they click on your link and they look at this product and they go, nah, I actually don't want it. But since I'm here, I might as well buy diapers and formula for the baby and another headphone. You get a commission of all of those things because you brought them there. So affiliate actually makes you a decent amount of money if you work it. Lots of ways you can obviously use YouTube to sell a course. You can use YouTube to go and take people back to your own website. Lots of ways that you can do that by engaging with an audience. I'm trying to make a point now of giving, we have a lot of freebies over the last year. We've developed a lot of like worksheets and, you know, several page PDFs, eBooks, those kinds of things that give people a taste of like what we offer. And I'm trying to now in videos when relevant say, by the way, I have a PDF with a hundred words to consider using when you describe yourself on LinkedIn, go grab that link below. If you had to list, because it's, it's overwhelming all of these things to implement, do you have like a list of like maybe three great tips that are working for creators well in, let's say, 2020 and beyond? One of them is you already mentioned, so maybe you have three more. But one of them I love is just changing the script at the end of your videos. I'm going to start doing that immediately. Are there any other like quick and easy kind of little changes that people can do? The big thing is get to the point. I divide YouTube into two categories. There is the entertainment and then there is the education, how-to side of YouTube, right? So the entertainment one is a special field. I respect the people who do it. It's not within my nature, but people who do it, they do it well. And people are there to be entertained. And there's no attention deficit there. So this whole, I have an attention shortage is not true depending on the mindset because somebody will watch a one-hour Shane Dawson documentary with no problem on YouTube, right? So there's no attention problem. It's more of, are you delivering? You as the content creator, are you delivering for that entire hour? So that's the entertainment side. Let's go to the how-to side because a lot of channels normally fall into that category. For them, basically people want the solution. They don't want to hear a backstory. They don't want to hear all those kind of goodness vlogging style and how you got there. On the most, they have a problem, they want a solution. They're looking to make a buying decision. They've got a credit card in hand. They want to watch a whole bunch of reviews to know if they're making the right decision. Well, get to the point. Tell them, are you making the right decisions? Tell them about what they want to hear. And really, so the big tip is here, focus on the viewer. Regardless of what you do, 
The channel is not about you. This is the biggest, biggest mistake people make is they make the channel, it's all about me and this is what I did today. And nobody cares. The famous rule is, you know, you've heard of Wiffem, what's in it for me? That's what YouTube is. People are doing a search, they want to get some value out of that. They're giving you that time, give them that value. So that's tip, absolutely tip number one. Tip number two that I would say as far as YouTube is concerned is your title. Don't give away the ending to a movie. You know, people do this all the time. They would hold, I'm going to hold up some weird gadget. I'm going to hold up this gadget and I'm going to say, everyone should buy this. It's the best. Well, in which case I don't have to watch your video. You just told me, right? But if they hold up this gadget and in your thumbnail, they're kind of pointing at this going, huh? making this weird YouTuber face and your title says three reasons why no one should own this. You go, wait a minute. I don't even know what that is, but I want to watch. So don't give away the ending. Don't tell them what the entire video is about. If it's a before and after, then little things like the before picture is always on the left, the after picture is always on the right. If you mix those two up, it will confuse people. So all of those little kind of nuances together make up that video. And then kind of the final bit is deliver on what you say. So I'm going to tell you five reasons. Well, then don't tell me three reasons. I'm going to tell you all five. If the video has got nothing to do with Casey Neistat meeting PewDiePie, well, then don't mention that in your title. It's got nothing to do with it. What happens is people will expecting that, they'll start to watch, they'll realize it's nothing to do with this and leave. And remember those signals about a quality video I was referring to earlier? People YouTube is going to look at this and say, wow, lots of people are going to this video, but nobody's watching. It must be a rubbish video. So don't clickbait. That is very bad to do. Okay, so I'll actually give a personal example. Phil and I are talking about how to be creating more of a cohesive content strategy where we've got the blog going every week, we've got our podcast, we've got the social media posts, and then of course the YouTube videos, and we're trying to find a way to make it all together. And I was wondering, are there any repercussions of writing a blog post and then through YouTube videos, like scripting those and kind of reading the blog posts since YouTube is like, basically scanning what you're saying. And I know duplicate info is bad for SEO. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would think of each platform separately. So just like you, I also have a technology blog and link in the description. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, so I have a, a technology blog and I have my YouTube channel. I make sure the two are in sync, but I don't necessarily use the written word in the blog and then use that as my script for YouTube. Will I use bullet points? Absolutely. And remember, there's something called snippets out of Google. So if you set up your blog in a certain way where it lists things like five steps, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, and you have a video embedded in your blog that talks about those steps, when somebody does a search on Google, what are the steps to get Zoom working? I don't know, whatever it may be. And you happen to answer that exact question, odds are pretty good that Google will display not only your blog post, but also display the point in your video where you talk about the five steps. Wow. So start thinking of them together, but don't copy and paste from one to the other. Have cross-pollination for sure, because you're going to be talking about the same thing. And YouTube does actually value when you have a video that's embedded in the blog post, YouTube says, oh, there's so much value here. Someone actually decided to take it off YouTube and still link it back to YouTube, this must be a good video again. So all those little signals together 
kind of lift up your channel. Cool. That's great. That's what we're about to start doing. We found, for me, because I like to make sure I don't forget anything when I'm recording, I like to script it out, but I like for it to not feel scripted, but I am like classic how-to, how you described it. That's what I love to do, and I think we do a good job of that. But so we're about to make sure that videos and blog posts are scripted, and then that's a good reminder to me to make sure that I don't just copy and paste it into the prompter. I actually like take some time to modify it and maybe reorganize it slightly. Some sentences will be similar, but I don't think the world will stop turning. You know, I think that's there's a happy medium that you find there in your workflow. And by the way, it's also smart to do that because when you're scripting, then a lot of people who are not seasoned kind of presenters tend to just read their script and you can see the eyes doing this all the time. Okay, and that's just terrible. Yeah. So for those people, put just bullet points. Bullet points, I agree. Mm-hmm. And you want to bring your personality into this because remember... There are a bazillion, and that's a technical term, bazillion bazillion YouTube channels out there. You don't want to be a Me Too channel because if I want to watch Peter McKinnon's videos, guess what? I'm going to go to Peter McKinnon's channel. I don't want to go to somebody else who does Peter McKinnon's style. That's not what I'm there for. So don't be a Me Too channel. Bring your personality into this. And you can do that beautifully on a YouTube video. And maybe when you write it out onto your blog post, Maybe then you tone it down, you're more professional for those people who want to copy and paste. So the final thing here on that is don't forget, if your video is talking about a blog post that you have, don't forget to link it to that blog post in your description. So people want more information, they can head over to your blog and do that if they want to. That's a great idea. So for example, if there's five tips on something, Laura, maybe in the video we talk about three tips and we say, by the way, I have a few more tips. I didn't have time to put in this video, so you should go. If it interests you, go ahead and read that blog post mm-hmm. to get all the info or something like that. But the one thing about that, just remember that when YouTube looks at your video, it's going to go, oh, all these people watching have now left YouTube because of the person. Then YouTube might say, oh, I don't want to promote this video too much. So again, kind of, you got to walk on those a little balancing act. What do you want more? I've worked with a lot of clients who their entire blog is about selling courses or selling all the, and that's where they make their money. So they don't mind if YouTube doesn't give them love because all they want is people to go to their blog, sign up and become a client, get onto their email list so they could market to them and essentially sign them on. So they don't mind. Other people say, oh, I just want YouTube to love me, give me millions of subscribers and millions of views. So the strategy has to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's a great idea. Just be cautious of how you do it and don't send everybody on every video away from YouTube. Yeah, it seems to me like, at least in the beginning stages, it makes sense to keep people on YouTube because when you start growing your audience, that's when you really can control and send, like, it's almost like not really in the beginning worth sending people anyway. But on that, so before you kick me off this completely. (laughs) I want to keep you on here forever. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. The whole thing with this is the one downside of YouTube, which I have to mention, is that you cannot control your notifications. You have no idea who your viewer is. So I would always encourage people to build a mailing list so you have a direct contact with your audience. Because at the end of the day, YouTube has been gracious enough to give us that platform and they get a very hard time. But people forget we're using it for free and they're taking care of all the technology and they're streaming it around the world. Oh, and they're paying us when they make money off AdSense and people get really upset with YouTube. I don't look at it that way. I think we should be grateful for YouTube. Yes, do they change the algorithm? Yes. Is it frustrating at times? Absolutely. 
But the one thing we need to remember, it's a livelihood that people make because of the platform. But saying all that, at the end of the day, we're still building our castle on somebody else's island, right? So we don't own a lot of the stuff. So whenever possible, build a mailing list. It is the number one thing you should be focused on, building that audience. I love your idea of saying, hey, if you want the PDF download, click on the link below, enter your email address, and we'll gladly send it out to you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You absolutely need to continue doing that. Fantastic. Officially, Liron, we've had, <laughs> at this point of publishing this episode, we've had 80 episodes, Lauren, would you say? Yeah, like a little short of 80. A little short of 80 yeah. episodes. And we have never had an interview go this long because we are truly fascinated and soaking up everything you have to say. In fact, I know that we're going to need to have you back to talk more, maybe more advanced analytics once I get to this level. But how incredibly valuable is this? Well, it was pleasure. And I'm loving the fact that you did the biggest step is press, record, and upload. So many people I meet at so many events around the world, and they promise you me next year, oh, I'm going to have this thing cooking. And they get lost into this analysis paralysis. I never, ever upload. You're killing it on, on your Instagram lives. You're killing it now on YouTube. You just rinse and repeat, learn, and just do more. You know, eat, sleep, create, repeat, as Bar should say. I love it. Thank you so much for your insight today. This is going to be so valuable. We're going to make videos from this. We're going to make podcasts from this. Oh, my God. Repurpose mm -hmm. you all over the world. Maybe in India. Uh, did you hear? I'm a star yeah. in India. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leron, for hanging out with us on Brand Therapy. I'm just so grateful for you and for sharing this amazing insight. You are the best. Anytime for you, you know. Oh. And Lauren, you rock as well. Uh, good oh. to meet for the first time. Now I understand what Phil says all about you. So, oh, you're uh, so nice. I wish I could know. talk to you forever. <laughs> I know. Now you know the anytime, feeling. Anytime, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ron. <laughs>